for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Welcome to Your Next Step with Pastor Doyle Jackson. I am Pastor Doug McCoy. Welcome to the new year, Pastor Doyle. Yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, I always love this time of year because I like to try to reset my system because I want a new year. Yes. I do not want to repeat last year. But part of that, I always have the same habit as I start the new year. I kind of do a reflection on the previous year. Right. And I fast and I pray because I want to ask the Lord, what is it you want me to do? And I'm excited about this new year. I feel like the Lord has already shown me to do a year in the New Testament. Last year, we did a year in the Bible. Well, this year, we're slowing down a little bit, Mm -hmm. and we're going to do a year in the New Testament. And it's my way of spending a little bit more time in shorter segments of the Bible, and we're going to go through the New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. And today, our lesson is about prayer. So we're going to combine those two things. Yeah, and if anybody would like to read the New Testament with us, they can do that automatically through the app, which has our our daily reading plan on there. Or they can text us at 888-644-4034. Say, hey, Doug, I'd like the yearly reading plan. I will send you a PDF. You can follow along. Uh, but as you say, we also have prayer in there. We have a, a motto around here. That I believe it came from you. Pray first. That's right. Pray first. Ask questions later. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about pray first, the Acts method. All right. Well, we are so glad you're here with us at the beginning of the new year. Let's get to this message. Pray first, Acts method. You know, we're starting a new year. We're starting off right. Uh, I want to take some time. We're going to really uh, integrate communion with what we're learning today. I want, I want to invite you to something, okay? Those of you that are here in the room and that you're online, I want you to get out the notes, and this is why. The lesson I'm going to teach you today is something that's really valuable that you can use again and again and again. And so the notes are there online. You can download them. You can have them as a PDF. You can print them out. Uh, if you have our app, you can open it up and it'll actually give you the answers. All right. It'll give you the correct answer. If you have the wrong answer, that's why I love the app. Okay. You can, you can fill out the the lesson notes and it'll uh, correct you if you get it wrong. If I'd only had something like that in school, I might've done better. All right. Now, I want to invite you to a couple other things real quickly. Uh, as, as your pastor, I want you to know something. We have a history and a tradition, and you may be getting in on that and you're not aware of it, okay? Every year, we start the new year with 21 days of fasting. Yeah. That's because we're not weenies, all right? We've decided that loving God and serving God is more important to us than food, Now, does that mean that everyone in the church is going to abstain from all food and only drink water for the next 21 days? I doubt it seriously, all right? But many people are going to take this time for 21 days. They may give up a meal. They may give up uh, certain items. They may eat a certain kind of diet during this time. Not for vanity. Be clear on this. It's not a vain pursuit. It's a pursuit of loving God. 
And if you've never done that, if you've never fasted for 24 hours, you have 21 days to get that under your belt. Because this is what you're going to learn. The Bible invites you and I to live self-controlled lives. Your belly is one of the strongest masters in your life. And I challenge you to learn how to listen to God and his word. If you want to learn more about it, if you will get the Church Next Door app, and if you'll go up there into the search button, just type in the word fasting. There are multiple lessons on fasting on the app. It's already provided for you. It's free. We will not charge you. That's not our deal, okay? You give generously, and we give to you generously. That's our policy, okay? So fasting, 21 days, okay? All right, so open up your notes. Today I want to talk to you about the Acts method. The Acts method. Now, there is some confusion about this because you hear that and you think, well, is this a method of prayer that's in the book of Acts? Yes and no. It's not specifically in the book of Acts where they say, we want you to follow this method of prayer. But the book of Acts does clearly establish that the early church frequently and regularly prayed individually and as a collective. And so what we want to do is we want to learn how can we pray effectively. And, and yes, we're going to talk in two weeks from now, uh, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. But right now, I'm going to teach you this method of prayer because if you will begin to practice it, if you'll practice these four steps to your prayer life on a regular basis of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, you'll begin to learn how to enter into the presence of God, be totally honest and, and just transparent with God, and, and you'll get the blessings of knowing that you have a real relationship with the living God. And so that's why we want to learn this. So let's start with the book of Acts. Let's start with uh, the early church in Acts chapter 4. Now, this is the context, okay? In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are going to the temple to pray. That's right, because they had the daily habit of praying, and they would go to the temple to pray. This is why you and I, we come to church and we pray. It's why before each of our services, we have a team of people that gather and pray. It's why on Wednesday night, you can come to church if you want to at, at six o'clock, and you can meet in the sanctuary here, and you can pray with a group of people. We have these times when we gather to pray, all right? They're on their way to the temple to pray. There's a man there who's lame, and they say, we, we, we see you have a need. You're asking for money. We don't have money right now, but we're going to pray for you. God heals the man. And it upsets everybody in the city in, in, in terms of around the Temple Mount because they had already, many of these people had decided they rejected Jesus. And they said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And so Peter and John begin to share, and it causes this conflict. They hold them when they finally get released, they regather with the church, and the church's response is to pray. Now, they're praying because, one thing, their, their prayer was answered. <laughs> they did not want to see Peter and John crucified the same way Jesus did. It's a very real reality for them. They understood, they understood the climate was not really positive for the Jesus followers, all right? And so, the church 
they see them get released and they immediately pray. Listen to what it says here. This is Peter and John in chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. And then I'm going to skip down to 28. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them about how not to talk about Jesus. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them. So they start by addressing God for who he is. That's why we talk about adoration. We adore God for who he is. Listen, when, when you compliment somebody for their outfit, that's great. But guess what? They aren't their outfit. See, the person, the person is what's more important than the outfit. Address it. Address the person that you're talking to. Say, God, you made this world look beautiful. God, you, you've given us air and water and life. You've given us every resource that we need as human beings for life. And God, I thank you. See, they're recognizing God's place. Verse 28, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. They're praying about their enemies, okay? Notice this. When they pray about their enemies, they're not praying that their enemies would disappear. They said, God, we recognize that the enemies that you've created for us somehow are going to work out. <laughs> You're good in my life. That is an uncommon worldview. See, that's the biblical worldview. See, the Bible invites you to believe that God is working even when things are not going the way you want them to. Verse 21, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Huh. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where their meeting was shaken and they were all filled, say filled, filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So the New Testament church, the book of Acts was a church filled. So what were they filled with? Well, clearly the context in the scripture says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But we also know that they were filled with boldness. We also know that they were filled with people. We know that they were filled with miracles. We know that they were filled with new believers. Because on, on uh, Pentecost, 3,000 were added to their number that day. We also know that they were filled with words of life. That was their prayer. Their prayer wasn't, God, shut down our enemies, bind our enemies. No, their prayer was, God, give us boldness to speak here. Who were their enemies? They were literally their cousins, their brothers, their family members. They were Jewish people. Their enemies carried the same DNA. Their enemies were people that they had spent their life in that community with. And they didn't want them to, to experience harm. What they wanted them to experience was the transforming power of the living God that raised Christ from the dead, that they might experience it too. So you and I, we live in a world where there are people that think you are their enemy because you came to church today. How will you pray for them? 
Pray that God will give you boldness and courage and the right words to speak so that they might see you are not their enemy. You love the ungodly. You you love them because you know the pain and the sorrow and the anguish of a life without Jesus. You've lived it. Either you've walked in it or you wandered from him or you've seen it from a distance. You know it. And see, you and I, the reason we practice the Acts method of prayer is because we see that our place, it puts us in a, in a place of humility. It puts us in a place of need. It puts us in a place of recognizing that God is the authority in my life. And so you go before me and say, God, I just want you to know before I begin this day, I adore you that I couldn't live my life without you. God, you're the creator of the universe. You created me within my mother's womb. I I didn't deserve to live, yet you did. What did David say in Psalm 51? He said, "You, you knew me from within my mother's womb and you knew the sinfulness of my heart. See, when you and I go before God, we know that he created us and, and, and that, that, that he created us, but yet the world in which we live is, is twisted, broken, and harmed. And only through a, a reconnection with him can this world be healed, transformed. We have more resources for you at doylejackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. So, Pastor Doyle, this month we have put together a resource that we believe yeah. will bring people closer to God. We want as many people as possible to have it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I think when we're trying to grow in our faith, there's several things that we need to learn about our relationship with God. And so in any relationship, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. But we don't know how to have that conversation with God. That's what prayer is. It's just talking to God. And so this free resource, it's called the Acts Method, all right? It's to help you get going in your prayer life. We Sometimes we need to go and we're asking God for stuff, and then other times we just need to be in His presence and talk to Him about how He is the great God. He's a wonderful God. We need to adore Him. It's all in this prayer method, and we want to help you do that to get in the habit of praying and seeking the Lord. That's what it's about. Yeah, we've learned how to make conversation with each other. We may not realize that we've learned it, but we have. We need to learn how to make conversation with God as well. This Acts method, I picked it up early in Bible college, have used it for years and years. It really is a great way to enter into that kind of conversational prayer. Yeah, it'll encourage you because you'll begin to feel like, okay, am I covering all the bases? And we've got all four bases, and uh, you're going to get to home plate in your relationship with God. So go get the Pray First Acts Method uh, today. Yeah, we really want you to have it. It is at doylejackson.com. Give us your email. You will get access to the PDF. For the Pray First Acts Method free resource, go to doylejackson.com. Let's continue with your next step. When you and I go before God, we know that he created us and, and, and that, that, that he created us, but yet the world in which we live is, is twisted, broken, and harmed. And only through a, a reconnection with him can this world be healed, transformed. So our first step in prayer is, and if you, if you just learn this method, what you'll do is when you take time to pray, you'll say, Lord, I just want to begin by adoring you. I, I want to begin with, with recognizing your authority and your power in my life, God. I want you to know that, that uh, 
The day that's ahead of me, if you're praying in the morning, you say, God, that the day that's ahead of me, that you are greater than anything that I'll face today. That God, I, I appreciate you because you have the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that I need for today because you are a wise guy. See, you're putting God in his place and you're putting yourself in, in your place. This is what our world says. Our world says to you and I, you don't need God. There's a power within you that will overcome the world. Baloney, baloney. The only power within you is selfish, acidic, and it will destroy you and everyone around you because it is your nature to be self-centered and harmful. Only can a relationship with God overcome that acidic, sinful nature and give you love to bubble up and come out of you. Begin with God's authority and power. In Psalm 100, verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Look around you, all right? God will be faithful to everyone in this room. God will be faithful no matter if you're 20 or if you're 25 or you're 45 or you're 85. It doesn't matter. God is faithful to all the generations. He's not picked one. Over the other, he, he, he loves us all. That's good news. That's very good news. Matthew 6, 9 and 10, when Jesus is teaching us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, this is what he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed just means holy is your name. God, you are perfect. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, by, by addressing God as a holy God, as saying, God, I recognize that you are far from me. Even though you're far from me, I want you to be near. That's why you invite him here. I want your kingdom to come. We, we know that God is far from us, but yet we feel his presence and his nearness as we adore him and we think about him and we look at the nature around us and, and we look at the beauty of what's going on in the world around us. That's why you take a nature walk, okay? It reminds you that, that this did not just happen on its own. It had a designer. It has purpose. God wants to meet the needs of your life. We'll talk more about the Lord's Prayer as we, we go on. The next section Okay, we adore God, then we've got to confess. Why do you have to do that? Well, it's a relationship. And, and the reason that you, that you get it on the table, you say, listen, God, I've got to be honest. I, I've offended the relationship. God, I, this week, I, I, took your, I took your word lightly, or God, I, I took a relationship that you brought into my life lightly, and I, I didn't speak kindly to that person, and, and you designed me, you designed me for relationship, and I harmed relationship, and God, I just want to confess to you. I'm sorry. I, I was wrong. See, confession cleans up the relationship. Now, at times, you have to admit what you've done wrong. And other times, you have to provide forgiveness or ask for forgiveness in a relationship. Well, when, when it comes to you and God, God isn't wrong. All right? But we feel like God is wrong. God, why did you do that to me? I've been angry at you, God, all week long. That's confession. See, God does allow difficulty in our lives. That's why we looked at Acts. Peter and John, they knew that they lived in a world that opposed them. Do not be surprised that the world around you opposes you. Because the nature of this world is ungodly. 
in its nature. That's what sin did to it. So every day, you and I are kind of at war. And the reason, the reason we have to do this confession part is because we, we get into what's going on in this world. Psalm 32, 3 through 5, David teaches us to confess our sins. When I, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away, though my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So what David plants for us, if if you're kind of achy, have you confessed your sin lately? If you're having trouble sleeping at night, one possible connection could be you need to confess something to God. See, God designed you. Can, Can I be honest with you? I know people who turn the TV on, they leave the TV on or the radio on or something on in order to to wear them out, to fall asleep because they don't want their brain, their soul, to address what's troubling them. If you'll practice adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, you can clean up your soul so you can sleep at night. Because see, what you do is you lay your head on your pillow and say, Lord, I thank you that I've confessed all my sin to you. I've, God, I'm clean and I trust you to help me sleep tonight. That sleep comes from you and rest comes from you. You designed me for rest and I receive it from you right now. I want to give you three, I want to give you five things really quickly. I taught it last night, but I'm going to do it really quickly. Five things that we have to confess because of the current trend in our culture right now. Number one is secularism. This is what secularism says. Secularism says there is no God. And, and the reason this is important is you and I, we, we've become weaker in our faith because we we've buy in to what the rest of the world says. If, I mean, I'm, I'm not against the TV show Big Bang Theory. It's a funny show. What I'm telling you is, do not worship science. It will let you down. Okay. Second trend in our culture right now is relativism. There is no truth. And so, so what we do is we don't need God. The Big Bang Theory gave birth to young Sheldon. Young Sheldon grows up in an evangelical home, but he thinks he's smarter than his parents, so he doesn't need them. And so God becomes relative in this worldview. You begin to believe that you're so intelligent, you don't have to follow the training and the teachings of the generations before. See, relativism and this idea that that I can choose for myself has broken families apart on a spiritual level. You see, you, you say, well, what does this have to do with confession? You may need to say to God, God, I've, I've been soaked in a, in a secular society that says there is no God. Forgive me. I know that you're the living God. God, I've, be, I've been beginning to believe the lie that truth, truth can, can scurry around like a cat. It can move around the room. Truth cannot move around like that. Third is selfism. I'm all that matters. And if you've begun to believe that you're more important than everybody else, you're you're part of our culture. Next is materialism. The more stuff I have, the happier I'll be. Do you need to go to God and say, God, I've I've been looking to my happiness and stuff and more inquiring of things and and more education and more degrees and, and more, 
You name it. And then finally, mysticism. And our culture now is redefining reality. They, they believe that there are some sort of, there, there are these truths and principles outside, outside of reality that you can look to. And it's, it's a mystic approach to life. And I'm telling you, if, if, I've, if, I've, if I've begun to, to drift into these five cultural trends, it will harm you spiritually. You want to go to God and say, God, forgive me. I'm part of a culture. I didn't realize this was going on in my life. Confess it. Do what David did. You'll be set free, all right? First John 1, 8 and 9, if we confess, no, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Sin must be addressed honestly. You have to go before God and say, God, I sin. You have to be willing just to address that. And if, if there's a problem that's plaguing American Christianity, I can only speak to American Christianity because of living here, it's that we're lying to God. We're, we're beginning to say that certain things are not sins. We're beginning to imagine that we have progressed be, beyond the Scripture and that, you know, well, I, I'm just doing my own thing. It seemed right to me. That's relativism, see? We have to confess that. The, 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 the idea that I can, anyone can, can abandon God's ways and live a healthy life is dangerous. So you've been listening to Pray First, the Acts Method here on Your Next Step with Pastor Doyle Jackson. Pastor Doyle, that really is an important message. Yeah, it's great. I, I, love the, I love the verse in Acts where it talks about how they prayed and the place where they were meeting was shaken. Yeah. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word boldly. See, I think that prayer is important because when you're close to God, you have greater confidence. And when you've been praying, you can... Uh, you can step out on life and you can live differently. And so that's why we've been talking about uh, this whole importance of getting your prayer life going. And we've been talking about the Acts method. And uh, I just know myself, I need prayer to strengthen me, to encourage me, to help me uh, fulfill God's purpose in my life and, and to do all that. That's why I like this. And the Acts way is a great way uh, to do it. Again, if you would like some help with that, if you'd like a little more information on the uh, Acts method, we have a free resource for you. You can get it at doylejackson.com. Just navigate over there in your browser, give us your email. We will send you that resource. You will be on your way to praying the Acts method. Yeah, and if you want to, join us this weekend at church. Come to the church next door, be here with us, and uh, hey, we'll even pray with you after the service if you'll come down and say hello. We would love to see you. The Lord would love you to worship with us, so we hope you make that happen soon. Come on down to the church next door and come back uh, soon for another episode of Your Next Step. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to the church next door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. 
Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.